Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. It is Saturday, November 6th, 2021. And this is Grapsity. And I. Oh, and remember, set your clocks back. Uh, or bring ahead, fall behind. So set them uh, back, yes, tonight. Uh, because daylight savings is over for oh, those in the U.S. It, was, it ended uh, a little while ago for people in the U.K. And I know that because I just had to do a, a podcast last week and we were definitely not on uh, the same time. But hey, folks, I'm Will Washington. I'm a member of this little trio you see here. But also here we've got Mr. Philip Lindsay. I'm here. I, um, you know, I feel like if you guys have been waiting for the guy out of the three of us to go the most Hollywood it is me. It has been me all along. I've been waiting for us to get our numbers up. I've been waiting for us to get a little bit of clout just to claim fame off of it. And I'm here to tell you, we are famous now. Congratulations. Wow. Thank wow, you. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. And Righteous Rage is also here. Yeah, what's up? I did not know we were famous now. it's uh, My whole perspective has changed on this podcast. Uh, it's over for y'all, as they say, so... Shout out to y'all. Yo, it's Righteous Reg. We out here. Grapsity. Best in the world. What, what you want from us? You about to get it. <laughs> yes. And this, as promised last week, is our first ever Ask Grapsity edition of the show. Uh, because we had asked for questions, and last week we ran out of time. And it was just one of those things where I wanted to get to the questions. So I wanted to spend today's episode on those questions. Because uh, there's... There's a lot to answer. Um, this is going to kind of be a show where, as as the three of us have been um, kind of doing our thing for a really long time, um, Reg has, uh, you know, he did the Black Wrestling podcast. Um, I say back in the day, but it really wasn't that long ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was like forever ago. <laughs> I guess relatively. Uh, you know, I hosted RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk for 16 years. And, um, and then, of course, Reg has been writing for um, uh, for. Uh, pro Wrestling Insider, or Insider, Pro PWI. Wrestling Illustrated. Um, yes, for writing for... See, because you say PWI, and then... What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Check it out, check it out. That's brand new. Hot the off the presses. Women's 150, best in the world. Get you one. Uh, I've got an article about jazz in there, the Righteous Wrap-Up. It's great. Get you one. Yeah. Um, so, and then, of course, Philip Lindsay. Uh, has been pretty much writing uh, all the high-profile places you can ask, uh, and currently writing for Bleacher Report. Um, famously had an article in Complex that's been <laughs> a uh, that you know it's funny too because uh, we talked about that just like a uh, I, I want to say just like two weeks ago we were talking about it, but like putting it over as like man, what an accomplishment, right? Uh, and then like. Three days later, it becomes uh, it hey, fell man. into the hands of some trolls and I, became I will, some nonsense. I, 
I will I will slide in for a second because Will did give me my credit here. But again, you know, I am now the most big headed member of our trio. Let's so go. I have to Let's put myself go, over here and say, you know, I have written for most of the wrestling sites that some of you folks that want clout want to write for. Ooh, I have been on most of the podcasts today that you know some of you guys want to be on. Pew uh, pew. People keep mentioning my name. This man sounded like to... Eddie Kingston last night. Let's go, baby. <laughs> People keep Let's mentioning go. my name to try this. to get clout off of me. People keep trying to get me to come here and, you know, throw dirt on my character to, you know, raise their profile on this Twitter app. But it will not work. It will not work. Do the work first. I have already done the work. And thus, I am the most famous member of this trio. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Yeah, I, I will say this. So Energy. Where I was going with this is that this is going to kind of be an episode that, uh, while all of us have our profiles kind of elsewhere and people have gotten to know us over the last three weeks, I feel like this is going to kind of be a get-to-know-the-three-of-us kind of episode because, again, we're leaving the questions to you guys um, using right. the hashtag AskRapsody. And, uh, but, of course... Throughout the show, we also want your uh, your messages and your chats. Um, and I've been staring at the chat this whole time, and I want to make sure I get to everybody because uh, we got a few super chats to read. Um, Jay Shell, and hey, Jay Shell, congratulations! Congrats, uh, first set, body congrats, slam. Uh, Miss Body baby. Slam. Yep. Um, Jay Shell says hi, guys. Hope y'all had a great week. I know you had a great week. Uh, love seeing y'all on here. Uh, just getting through a life changing week myself. Uh, looking forward to a great show. Shout out to Jay Shell. Congratulations. Jay Shell. Um, and, All the body slam homies. There's a bunch of them. Shout out to yeah. everybody over there. Uh, and then we also got Rob Reed. He said, allow me to spend my money to show how much I hate you guys. That's how it's done. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. That Do is that's a great dip. Do that's not a real get dip. him started. Do not get Phil Spend your money, started. man. Spend your money on the things you hate, people. That's the only way that you can keep them going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then also Riot, he says, uh, I'm here for the We Were Right About Bearcats. Uh, you know, yeah, I coming. spent about 20 minutes before the show trying to uh, just pull the clips from last week. And then I looked at the time and was like, oh, there's not enough time for that. But I literally have them like ready <laughs> uh, because I, I was going to do it. Um, and then uh, Drew, uh, hashtag Hollywood. The Bill. most, the most Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, D'Lo Diggs, uh, King Woods, new theme is an absolute banger. Yep. Um, I mean, it's, it is so great that the circle of rappers around pro wrestling um, yes. have have made a presence and did it really on their own. They all really just kind of started doing their thing and got themselves noticed, whether it's Montezzi, who, um, you know, he was just doing he did the songs he had the the heart of a champion with roman reigns theme that or song that he did uh and he was just putting out songs about wrestlers and eventually now he's got songs on tv right and then you had um uh you have wrestling flow uh and that was one of those things where it kind of started independently and uh josiah eventually just got picked up and you know mega rand's been around for a long time but all of a sudden now you know he's got music in pro wrestling and it's just great seeing all these guys win and great to see wrestling acknowledging them back and and giving them the space to to make music in pro wrestling that's great and then of course wale i mean he's he's a superstar anyway but the fact is he's also a wrestling fan and his music gets to be in pro wrestling too like 
this is a great time for rappers and pro wrestling. They got uh, it. West Side Gun got to get a theme, man. What yeah. is happening here? How does Gun not have a theme out here? Well, That's especially why. now that Greg Hamilton's right. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Gotta have it now, man. Yeah, shout yeah. shout out to Mega Ran, man. I, yeah. um, I I'm glad that he got to do the Woods uh, thing because the Kofi thing never came out. Yeah, and yeah. I have been you know long campaigning for them to put that that theme out, but doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. This is yeah. just like the perfect combination of wrestler and rapper right here. This is just like, yeah, of course. It just like fits like a glove. Shout out to Mega Ran. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, and also a shout out to Dark Saturday. Uh, who said good morning to the hottest new podcast in wrestling in every sense of the word. Thank you. Uh, yep. Says just wanted to ask your thoughts on Joe Gacy and NXT. Have a lovely day. I'll let Phil take this one for sure. Joe Gacy, you say. Listen, this uh this Joe Gacy thing is incredibly lame. I there's, there's no <laughs> there's no way getting around it. This all is right. this is a lame gimmick. It is a it is a way to poke fun at all of these buzzwords that he comes out and says every week. Um I know people think that maybe it's him trying to, you know, mockingly talk about fake woke people, but it is not. It is a it is it is a total mockery of of real life issues, you know, right. using words like you know, woke and triggered, inclusivity, privileged, and trivializing trivializing real life issues. Right. I don't like it in any way, and I wish it would get off my television. Like, that, just come on, just take it off of NXT. It is not good. Stop. There you go. <laughs> this guy was CZW World Champ, man. Bring that back. Give him some barbed wire. Hey, and, and exactly, this isn't a knock at Joe Gacy. I think no. Joe Gacy is great. He's a great but talent. The gimmick, it's a dud. Get rid of it. All right. <laughs> Uh, and shout out to J Shell with the super chat again. Uh, this pod is the definition of rooting for everyone black, and I love it so much. Thank you guys for the congrats and the support means so much. Uh, yeah, we are rooting for everyone black, and let's try to for us. Yeah, you know, I, the game is the game, baby. The game is the game. I actually, um, I, I, I had a response to somebody recently. Uh, we were talking about support in the black wrestling community, and. Uh, how I do really in this space want to see everybody win. Um, no questions. I want to see everybody win. No. Um, I, and I, I put that that it's not that it comes with caveats, but there's definitely just a couple of things I, I, I won't necessarily stand for. Um, and one of them uh, I said in in this statement that I, I was talking to this particular person about was um, not doing shiesty shit like. Honestly, you know, it's not to say that, um, you know, obviously everybody's got their skeletons, I'm sure. Right. But at the end of the day, like if you're doing um, if you're doing shady shit and then on the other end, like that's I I, I, I don't care who you are, uh, you know, you're going to get called on that kind of shit. And so. Um, that, that to me is like my main caveat is that, uh, look, man, it's, we're good. We're good. Uh, I want to see everybody black. We are not about that. But I, but I, but we are though, if you want (laughs) it to be, that's it. Simple as that. We're not about it, but if you want to be about it, we're about it. I I am mostly joking. Oh my God. That match makes my heart (laughs) flutter. Leo Rush and Matt Seidel against, no. Leo Rush and Dante Martin against Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. I just want to 
live in it. <laughs> Listen, Let me I referee mostly... the match, Tony Khan. I just want to see it up close. Hey, and congrats, Jay Shell, on the article. Yeah, yeah, straight up. Listen, I am mostly joking. I am rooting for all black people to, right. to win out here, even if they have actively rooted against me. Straight up. I don't want anybody to fail. I'm not rooting for nope. anybody to fail. But no. I, you know, I'm not going to act like I like everybody. I'm not. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so this is the Ask Grapsity episode. And uh, we we put out the, the tweet uh, and because we want to hear from folks and know what they're uh what they want to know from us um and so i am in the process of retrieving the tweet the tweeter because i want to dig into some questions yeah and what y'all want to know uh who's your top 100 favorite black wrestlers that aren't signed (laughs) yo all right relax you guys hey yeah hey there's been something you've been forgetting every week so i feel like we should do it like Right off yeah, the top. Definitely. 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 Uh, Beginning. Yeah, let's just start with that. Today we're going we are going to start the official Black Wrestling 500 Wrestler of the Week. Uh, I had this guy's name written down. I did a random number generator a few weeks ago, and uh, we just never got around to it just because we we be cooking. So today was number 79. I agree. It's great. I love this. His name is Christian Robinson. He's a psychonaut. He a skater. He just has like this swag of like how there's all these like new rappers. It's like how I compare it to these new rappers that have their own swag. They don't care about what the previous generation was about. They're doing their own new thing. That's how this guy wrestles. That's how he gets down. Christian Robinson, he wrestles in a bunch of wrestling companies that you can see, uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling, uh, SHP Presents Wrestling. Like, Just look him up, Christian Robinson, a great talent, number 79 in the Black Wrestling 500, Black Wrestling Wrestler of the Week. Christian Robinson, shout out hey, to man. that kid. Fellow member of Lock Gang Gang, yeah, the Locks Wrestling. You know um, they don't think I, I'm doing it on purpose, but you know we just—it's just, just locks out here all the time, bro. What you want? Great high flyer. Follow that man. I believe his Twitter is K R I S T six one zero. Go follow that man. Great wrestler. Yes. Uh, and hey, we got uh, Jester Designs. Uh, so I can't wait for the War Goddess to make an impact after her no compete. Uh, also, STP becomes more limitless. Um, there's a lot that can suddenly happen uh, with everything that's gone down this week. And we are going to be talking about the releases here in just a little bit. Of course. Because uh, I, I just saw a great question I wanted to get to. Um, and we'll start with uh, Jay Shell's question. Uh, she says, thoughts on the Inner Circle America Top Team feud with rolling eye emojis. So we can already tell what you think of it. Uh Okay, uh, I will start with the pluses. Scorpio Sky is getting on TV and is, Big plus. I think, going to win the TNT title. I am Huge like, plus. almost confident that that's where this is ending. Uh, I believe that the, uh, the victory that Sammy scored over um, Ethan Page was to give him one victory over... American top team in mm-hmm. men of the year because you don't want him to lose the uh, the first one, but ultimately he has to lose. But I think 
you know, they had been teasing that Scorpio and him are the, uh, that's ultimately the main confrontation. And I think that's what Scorpio is going to win. That right. is the plus here. Um, I'll give it another plus. It gets heat. There's right. a lot of heat that this segments, these segments get. There's probably the loudest reactions of the night. Right. Um, big plus there. On the negative side. Wait, hold on. Let me give one plus also. Okay. I like the use of the MMA guys. If you've been watching MMA for a long time, like seeing Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos in a wrestling ring having fun is fun. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, on the negative side. Uh, okay, Chris Jericho. We'll start there. Um, <sighs> he, Big sigh. You know, I almost I did a search through my tweets of the word Jericho just to see what my Chris Jericho takes have been uh, over the last few months. And I was really hot. It's weird because I'm blocked by Jericho. And uh, the reason I did the search was because blocked I was like, I was like trying Jericho, to remember. Jericho, baby, blocked <laughs> by Jericho. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what I said because I remember that like I don't. I don't tag wrestlers unless it's just in something like positive, but I don't like tagging wrestlers really. Um, uh, if I have like negative takes. Right. So I was trying to like figure out what was it that I said. And in it, I realized like I've definitely name dropped Jericho a bunch. Um, but like in the last few months, I actually had some praise for his baby face work because, um, for those that I hate it, uh, for those who haven't followed me, I have been a huge, fan of uh did i say fan i meant uh not a huge fan of chris jericho as a babyface i hated ww chris jericho as a babyface i feel like there's only one time it actually worked for me and that was toward the end with the list but otherwise i was not a fan of uh shut the hell up chris jericho i like in 2000 he was my least favorite babyface shut um, the hell up jericho like That's I, funny. I was not a fan of like i feel like he was just repeated catchphrases and shtick, but not right. in a way that was like fun, like The Rock. Uh, he was just the shtick, and right. uh, like you could only call Stephanie a bottom feeding trash bag hoe like so many times before like it got old. I was not a fan of Babyface Jericho. I, I like I said, the only time that Babyface Chris Jericho worked for me was uh, really like the list, the list stuff, right? And yeah. so, but I've always felt he was functional as a heel, and so I had said that. Um, in the MJF feud, I did think he was doing what I called his best babyface work. Uh, in that, I felt like, hey, he's doing stuff that's not just catchphrases. There seems to be a little bit of depth to him, um, right. and I don't mind what he's doing. Uh, but I will say that since the MJF feud, it's kind of fallen off. Right. Um, in that he is relying on crutches now. He yeah. is kind of just relying on some, uh, I don't know, low-hanging fruit and homophobia and like it sucks it's not for me uh and so that part's not working for me the other part that's not working for me is uh i actually don't mind dan lambert uh in a way that a lot of people do like mm -hmm. uh because like, i was there in miami the night dan lambert debuted and i knew exactly what they were going for i was like oh it's jim Cornette, right, right. like uh you're bringing it uh, essentially this character on screen. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily one of those people that believes that uh, there should be a limit to things that belong in pro wrestling simply because uh, 
I like pro wrestling when it is an extension of real life stuff. I loved everything that was going on with CM Punk and Eddie Kingston last night. Uh, I love when pro wrestling can kind of blur those lines, but still be pro wrestling. Like the second that pro wrestling stops doing that, because that's the thing I hate about some work shoots, right? That, uh, that once you start to weave in that pro wrestling's fake, then it's like, well, what are you doing now? You're kind of screwing right. your own stuff. But if you can somehow weave real life into pro wrestling, it works. And what I liked about Dan Lambert initially is that while I don't necessarily agree with anything that's being said, it is stuff that's being said. And so uh, I feel like you can make that work. Uh, that said, I, it's gotten stale. And uh, it was kind of a one-trick pony. It's too um, much, man. It's classic inner circle. I don't know what it is about the inner circle. I know what it is. It's ratings. But every <laughs> single TV show they produce has to have an inner circle segment, it seems like. I went and went through and grabbed all the screen grabs of, like, inner circle next week is going to have a birthday party. Inner circle the week after that <laughs> is going to talk in the ring. Inner circle after that week is going to have a champagne party. It's like every single segment. Every single show, they have to have an inner circle segment, segment and it's getting annoying because it's just Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho, and it's like, all right. You enough. know, the weird part is that when Santana and Ortiz came out a few weeks ago, they were like, uh, the inner circle's back, the inner circle's back together, and I thought, what did they bring like, up? Like, at yeah. most, they maybe had been together in like a month. Right. And... <laughs> Uh, and this, this is nothing to celebrate. We want Santana and Ortiz <laughs> away from them, so far away from them. Yeah, because uh, it felt like with Santana and Ortiz, like they won the FTR feud, but FTR are the number one contenders. Right. Um, and like, I don't mind because I actually really do like FTR. Yeah. Uh, but they're the, doing some great stuff right now. They're doing some great stuff, and they're gonna lose. Um, right. And uh, I, I, I'm genuinely a fan of the idea that there's been an argument for years: who's the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks or FTR? And the Lucha Bros will have beaten both. And so to me, that's like... That's cool. Yeah, that's actually a cool story mm-hmm. to tell. Uh, because that makes the Lucha Bros the best tag team in the world. Uh, yeah. But that said... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer... A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. I would have 
I guess if the longer the longer term plan is Santana and Ortiz, that's rather that's what I'd rather see. Um, and hey, Terrence, uh, thanks for the super chat. What up, brothers? Um, I am mad at the WWE right now, so I am interested in your thoughts on how the black scene in AEW is about to possibly change. Well, first off, uh, Phil, um, your thoughts on uh, American Top Team? Um, I don't like it. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I don't like yep. it. Um, I don't like the Lambert stuff. I haven't really liked it since the beginning. I feel like him coming out and yelling at us is just not entertaining television. Um, and that's not to say that he's a bad promo. He's actually a pretty good promo. I just don't like the content of the promo. I right. feel like it's very dated. Um, and I get the way it's supposed to get heat, but I just don't think that it works in the intended fashion. Um, I just don't think Inner Circle is entertaining anymore. I feel like it's run its course. I think it's time to break them up. I yep. think they should have broken up in the Pinnacle feud. I don't yeah, know why. what happened there? I don't know they, they why. They step and they won. Why? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know why they went over to Pinnacle. Pinnacle now basically doesn't exist. Um, right. But then it, it like does. But like right. they have not been seen as all five in a long time. But it, like exactly. But yeah. all of a sudden, it's like weird. we're. Uh, I feel like the thing keeping the Pinnacle alive, um, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's Tony Schiavone. Like Tony Schiavone right. brings them up as a group all the time, right? As, as if like he's like, no, this is still a thing, and you guys need to know it. Where like right. um, the FTR will be making their entrance, and is like FTR of the Pinnacle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, because honestly, like, like forget, right, because. Because Tony Schiavone, like, right, his character is supposed to, like, really hate MJF, right? So, like, anybody who's, like, remotely tied to mm -hmm. the idea of the pinnacle, and Tony Schiavone's just like, ugh, FTR, here they are, those pinnacle guys. And it's like, when is the last time they've, like, been seen with, as the group? It hasn't yeah. been at all. They have I, been seen more with Andrade than anything. Right. Uh, yeah, I just don't, I because I think that's the big problem with this feud, because we're supposed to root for the, the inner circle here. Mm -hmm. But the inner circle are just not entertaining as a whole as baby faces. Sammy's right. a great face. Yes. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, also great faces. Mm -hmm. But Hager and Jericho, not so great faces. No. Um, I don't want to cheer for them. I just have no interest in rooting for Jericho. I, I mm -hmm. think that his baby face character is stale. Right. And his real life stuff makes me not want to root for him. And I felt that way since they turned him face. I feel like you can't, you can't have him as visible on the internet doing certain things. Um, by the way, I'm the second member of this podcast that's also blocked by, by Jericho. So that's two out of three. Blocked by Jericho, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, you know, he just, I, I just, he, I just don't think that he's a likable guy in, 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 on the internet and in some of the stuff that he's doing. And I think that that rubs off on his babyface character. I just don't want to root for the guy. And I felt the same way during MJF feuds, like. I feel like MJF should have beat him. I don't know why he went over MJF. <laughs> I don't know. And so I have the same feeling here. Now, I do agree with Will. All of the Man of the Year stuff is great. The Man yep. of the Year stuff is the saving grace of this feud. And I feel like after this feud, I want the two of them to get away from these two stables right. and just do their own thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and shout out to Kate. Uh, she says Inner Circle is holding back its individual members now. Yes, it is. Um, Absolutely. You know, because you know, AEW's big reliance on factions is, of course, uh, that it gets multiple people on TV at once. Mm -hmm. Like, that was mm -hmm. the whole purpose of the Hardy family office, right? Is that we've got Private Party, we've got Matt Hardy, we've got uh, the Butcher and the Blade, we got the Bunny, and it's like, hey, if we put them in a faction, 
then all of a sudden we got all of these guys on TV at once. And so like, right. I get it for the inner circle, but at the same time, like yeah, do something it's, else. It's, um, it's run its course. I, I yeah. feel like the point of stables is to get all of these individual guys over and it has succeeded in getting Sammy over It succeeded in getting Santana and Ortiz over. So it doesn't need to exist anymore. Right. It did it. Yeah. Jay show. Mr. Maga needs to retire. Santana and Ortiz. And you know what's funny is Chris Jericho is one of those guys who uh, likes to say, um, I don't have any political leanings. And when somebody says that, they're a Trump supporter. Um, and that's uh, it's one of those like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so kind of, uh, because I will say this, um, and this goes uh, hand in hand with something I've been wanting to talk about for weeks. Uh, because, you know, people talk about being unbiased in pro wrestling, right? And loyalty to professional wrestling companies. And there's uh, a lesson I got from my dad uh, that's always really stuck with me. So my dad is a former Republican. Um, I didn't know this till... Uh, so in the state of Colorado, um, all of your uh, voting records are public. Uh, and so all of like everything. Uh, so I, I learned that, right? And... Uh, when I had this conversation with my dad, uh, it, it went back to something he had kind of taught me at, when I was a kid, which is what he said. Um, you don't owe any of these parties or companies or anything your allegiance. You decide on your ideals and you let your ideals decide your party. Do not let your party decide your ideals. And... Um, and I thought, okay, I get that. I, I, I can see that because, uh, my dad has his, has his views, right. And he, and he feels like he's going to stick to his views and he's going to place his vote based on who, who or what appeals to his views. He's not going to necessarily let his views be dictated. Um, so with all of that said, when it comes to professional wrestling companies, I feel that same way. So when people say to me like, oh, well, you're a huge AEW fan. And it's like, I like what AEW is doing, if that's what you mean. Um, and, uh, or like, will you hate WWE? I don't hate WWE. Um, uh, I don't necessarily like WWE's, um, operations a lot of times because here's the thing. Uh, I've been watching pro wrestling a really long time, my entire life. Uh, I was born into pro wrestling fandom. My dad was a pro wrestling fan. My brothers, everybody in my household was a pro wrestling fan growing up. Um, I figured out what I liked at a young age. Uh, and so basically the things I like, uh, I stick with. And if you're doing the kinds of things I like, Shout out to you. I'm going to continue to support it. It has right. nothing to do with the initials of your company or nope. who you are as a company. If you're doing the kind of shit I like, here's the thing. I like wins and losses that matter. Um, I like, and it turns out, it wasn't something that was uh, really introduced to pro wrestling until recently, but I'm a sports fan, so I actually like rankings and win-loss records because uh, I like systems to help determine things. I'm not a big fan of... Um, it's not that I don't like promos, because I do like promos. I don't necessarily like the idea of 
angles being necessary to continue the storytelling of pro wrestling. I like stories told in the ring. I am a big in-ring guy. So when uh, a product is focused on in-ring, that appeals to me. Um, and I recognize that that doesn't appeal to everybody. So that's why I say that uh, what's for you isn't necessarily what's for me. And what's for me doesn't have to be for what's for you. But the thing is, I like what I like. Uh, the reason that I like AEW at the moment is simply because they're doing shit I like. But if AEW suddenly decided that we want to do, we want to be a promo heavy show, uh, we want to tone down the wrestling, and uh, we want to just do nonsense, then there's gonna come a I'm point out. where I'd be like, Nah, this is crap. Yeah. I don't want this. Um, mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, uh, it's not about uh, any allegiance or loyalty to a company. And like, so, uh, like Phil says. Support wrestlers, not wrestling companies. Right. Um, the reason that I still follow WWE is ultimately because as much as they don't do a lot of what I like as a pro wrestling company, they have a lot of pro wrestlers that I like. Right. Uh, and they have a lot of pro wrestlers that I support. And so yes. uh, in that sense, I would continue to watch that product. But uh, ultimately, I, uh, I have no loyalty to any company. Um, I just want pro wrestling that I like. Exactly. Uh, and so back to my dad's lesson, it is, uh, except we'll remove political parties and it's just figure out what you like and uh, stick to what you like. Don't let companies tell you what you like and don't let companies tell you what you don't like. Uh, that's that's it. If you come out uh, and, and that's that's basically it. If you want to call us shills or whatever it is, knock yourself out. But to me, uh, I like what i feel is good and i'm not gonna sit and pretend that shit i don't like is and right. <laughs> that's that's it for me simple as that yeah hey. uh and we got a couple of responses ryan said will said my dad is a former republican like he was telling us he blew up the school <laughs> like not a comment on the topic just the delivery um i mean like I said, I, uh well if you knew who my mom was i think that's a that's why it was such a shocker to me because uh my mom is uh is uh you you i could spend all day talking about my mom uh but uh it, it's like and then you ask my dad and all of a sudden it's like wait what that doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense that doesn't make any sense at all but either way he had some good lessons and i say had as if he's not here but uh my dad is lives around the corner from me so i could literally go say hi to him right now right. um hey skywalker club uh through us a super chat thank you i will be honest i like the jericho stuff but danielson is my favorite wrestler uh maybe it's a mix because grew up with Shawn michaels my favorite still uh the greatest pro wrestler of our generation brian danielson no brian one danielson. Kid, no one's better so listen we're, we're not here to convince you to not like jericho i just don't like the jericho stuff yeah I, I i enjoyed it when he was first there i enjoyed the heel stuff i liked a little bit of the bubbly stuff but I just haven't been enjoying him as a babyface. That's right. So, uh, being that I'm doing a podcast right now, um, apparently there's some stuff uh, going on with Lince Dorado because it's been brought up in Super oh, Chats yeah. a couple of times. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, he's he's, he's talking said, that talk, man. Are you seeing Lince on Twitter right now? And uh, we also had another Super Chat. I love that Lince energy. That same energy uh, Dana, uh, Dana Brooks' boyfriend pulled up on a troll. Yeah. Like, look, y'all troll. Y'all got to stop trolling. <laughs> Rob there's said, not, I, it ain't no more time about that. So I know you'll talk about the releases, but specifically wanted your reaction to the Lince Dorado thing. Uh, have I missed some stuff today? Is okay, there, so yeah. Apparently, uh, a certain super fan's dad said something oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. Lince Dorado. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that. I saw that. Yeah, Yeah. Lindsay caught wind of it. He tweeted something in response to it that was basically "Meet me at this time." I'm not about. I'm not about the games. Lindsay. Lindsay said, "I'm off at four. Pull up. Here's my address." Yeah, and Uh, and then I saw his his apology. Yeah, Um, yeah. He just said a few minutes ago he didn't see an apology. He never. He never got sent an apology to him. It's still meet him at four. And listen. As a, what as, apology, as, man? Come as, up at four o'clock. As, as a guy that grandstand was doing a lot of grandstanding last night, I respect a guy that demands Straight an apology. Up. So Look. listen, when you're wrong, run your apology. That's all I have and to I say. And I don't want that. a little uh notes app typed up apology. No, no, no. Run mine. Yeah, Apologize no. like a man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, I I I uh I, I as far as my thoughts on all of that are concerned, um I have thoughts on the thoughts, uh, in that I think, (laughs) I think that, uh, like, obviously Lindsay is like way in the right. And, uh, because obviously this all goes back to, uh, Lindsay had, uh, an initial opinion on, um, on Izzy training and he had posted that. And so this has like been a back and forth for years. Um, I'll just say this, uh, guys leave izzy out of it she's a kid and uh i don't i guess as a dad uh i am not a big fan of like any negative takes on kids um because they're just that they're kids and um and they're kids who are on their own essentially doing no harm um you know go at the dad all you want but leave kids out of it. That's how I right. always feel about uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I kids and stuff. Uh, let's see. We got another super chat. Uh, this one is from Marco. Uh, oh, and um, actually, Kate uh, giving the same point. Although yep. I misclicked, but uh, thank you, Kate. Uh, but I was going to go for Marco, who said, um, we're definitely here because we like what we like. I like Grapsity. Here's my money. Uh, also, celebratory mention of Okada versus Buddy Matthews. Same night as Full Gear. Pro what wrestling. Now? Let's fucking go. What had happened? What? Since when? Big huh? Big Bud. What? Throwing, throwing knees at Okada. That's what happened. You guys know where that's at, right? That's in San Jose. I get to watch that live. Wow, look, lucky area, me. Area, area, area. Wow. Um, Thank you. you know, this is going to be... wrestling gods. Next week is going to be a really interesting week, right? Because uh, there's a lot going on. I actually won't be on the show next week uh, because I will be traveling to Houston for Paul Griffin's wedding. And I'm going to be seeing uh, a number of uh, of wrestling adjacent people um, in Houston. Uh, so I will be traveling for that. But then... Uh, You'll still see me a lot next week because I'll be on um, a number of podcasts, one of which hasn't been announced, so I won't mention that one. Um, I will be hosting here on Fightful the Full Gear uh, post-show. And then... Has the other one been announced yet? I don't think that one's been announced yet either. I'll leave it to them (laughs) to announce that one. So either way, I know I've got like three podcasts I'll be doing this week. Uh, so I'll be around, but I won't be here on Grap City next week. I'll actually... We are still out here, though. Yes, these the two City, are still Have no fear. The great, yes. the star of the show is still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, let's make a little breaking announcement. The gang is getting back together next week 
Our boy Andrew Thompson is gonna be here, and we're just gonna do what I'm we sad do. That I don't get to be on that show. Yeah, like yeah, I would have loved to host with Andrew. That would have been great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'll actually, fine. my plane will be landing like 12 minutes before the show even like is supposed to start, and I'm like, uh, I, I'm not even gonna make that uh, a hassle of my between trying to get my rental car. Oh shit, I haven't booked my rental car. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I totally forgot I haven't done that. Uh, <laughs> But because I'm going to be around. I'm going to be around. I'm hitting like Galveston and all of that. And hey, if you've got ideas, this is actually my first time in Houston. So uh, oh, that's anybody, what's up. Uh, let me know what I should be checking out and what I should be seeing and doing for my three days in Houston. Right. Uh, Watch out for double cups. Last time I was in Texas, my Uber driver was he had the double cup while he was driving us. So. Just like beware, and like it's yeah. Texas, so everybody got guns. That's, a, yeah, that's the only that, thing that about much Texas. <laughs> everybody strapped up, no matter what. Uh, last time I was in Texas was for um, uh, it was for the Royal Rumble in 2017. That was the last time I've been to Texas, mm-hmm. uh, and so that was San Antonio. And right. I remember I saw just this big confrontation between a couple people, uh, and I was like. Nah, these niggas got guns, man. I am, <laughs> Straight uh, up. Like, I don't want to see where this ends up. So I am headed in the other direction. Right. Uh, but, like, these dudes just started, like, shouting at each other. Um, and this was, what, 2017? So it was, like, right after Trump was elected. And uh, it was, like, a big screaming match between these guys because, um, like, tensions were high. And I'm like, I, I want nothing. Yeah, nothing yeah, to actually- do with that. To, to stay on brand, um, that I'm a big Lupe fan. The last time I was in Houston, it was to go see Lupe. Um, a friend of mine is also a huge Lupe fan, and she had never seen him live. And so, um, you know, I was like, we got to go. And so we right. went to Houston to see him. And the funny story, we were in line waiting to get in, and we actually met Lupe. So oh, it was actually, I met Lupe in Houston, and it was a thing. Um, That's hard. I've never seen Lupe live, so... Yeah, Lupe, I haven't either. Damn. Come on, uh, Lupe. And he was here in Colorado. No, that he's always in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah I've, I, I've seen him live several times just because he's from my hometown. How could I have not seen him live? <laughs> right. All right. So uh, we're going to take some of the questions off of Twitter. Um, and uh, we'll start with Adrian Cotton's question. He said, I was thinking about this the other day. Is casual fan, and he put that in quotes, uh, another word for close-minded? Uh Thank you for that tweet. Um, I think casual fan is a thing that doesn't exist. Yes. Uh, and I think that, um, I think there's, I mean, okay, it's not a thing that doesn't exist. It's a thing that people talk about a lot, about appealing to casual fans that, um, like, everybody wants to talk about this hypothetical casual fan. And uh, I see people who watch wrestling through the lens of the hypothetical casual fan, where they'll see a promo and they'll be like, well, that didn't make any sense to casual fans. And it's like, how do you know that? Are you a casual fan? <laughs> right. Like, uh, why do you assume that they can't figure that out, that they don't have Google, that they can't look up a reference if it doesn't make any sense, right? Um, so, like, the thing I just to hate me, when people say that because... Wh- Anybody that's watching this show get, is going to get it. No, there aren't any casual fans that are like, oh, no one like randomly looks at, uh, is going channel surfing and sees Raw and like, oh, what is this? No, not anymore. Not in this time. Not in well, this day me, and age, man. I'm, to me, uh, I am curious what people want from 
uh, want with the quote unquote casual fan because right. uh, casual fans aren't how things grow. Fans right. are how things grow. Exactly. Like, period. Um, because to me, when I think of the term casual fan, um, I think of somebody who can take or leave a product right. um, that that don't necessarily care and aren't necessarily invested in something. Um, and to me, that's not somebody who's going to spend any money on it. Um, right. And so uh, I guess there's so much talk about casual fandom um, in that Like it, there was a thing Cody said a couple of years ago where he was asked, you know, how do you how do you expect AEW to to grow with casual fans? And he said, I don't. We're not focused on them. We're focused on hardcore fans. And people were like, well, why would you do that? And I got what he was saying, but a lot yes. of people um, were were arguing it, and that he was kind of using the Marvel adage about how like Marvel and speaking. Um, about we'll say we'll leave it just in movies right we could get into comics and everything else but speaking just on movies marvel didn't necessarily have to dumb itself down or slow itself down or slow anything down for casual marvel fans they kind of just put what they're putting out there for their fan base chock full of references and things that make people go oh that's really cool and i'm rewarded for watching this thing and one of two things happens casual fans will watch it and take it or leave it or casual fan watches and wants to be one of those hardcore fans to get those references and mm-hmm. becomes one because ultimately what you want to create is fans you right. don't just yeah. want casual fans you want fans period you want people to care about your product um you know i feel like wrestling was at its strongest to me not when it had a bunch of people who could take or leave it but when it had people who cared when it had uh, when it was the playground talk or the the lunchroom talk, when you know, I remember walking into school in the eighth grade, and literally everybody was like, "Who do you think ran down Stone Cold Steve Austin?" And it was right. like a goddamn mystery, and mm-hmm. everybody had their theories, and we were all talking about it. And like that to me wasn't casual fandom. That to me was like hardcore fandom. That was right. uh, everybody wanted to be in on the product, and I feel like that's when things are the coolest not when it's a bunch of people who could take or leave it not when it's got um passive celebrity references or like um uh, and, and what i mean by that is like you know things like the guest host era where it's like oh the celebrity's <laughs> on it so i'll check it out yeah. now but ultimately i'm not going to continue watching this product that to me is not wrestling at its best wrestling right. at its best is when more and more people care and that's not casual fandom that's just fandom uh, and so I would like to see the most fans possible, not just people who can take or leave it. So when I hear the conversation pass, or casual fans, like, what are you talking about? I don't want right. that. I don't want people who can take or leave the products. I want people who care about the products. And I yeah. just want more of that. Yeah. I don't know That's if it. I, if I'm understanding the question, question correctly, is casual fan, you know, shorthand for closed minded fan. I don't, I don't think so because in a sense of, I think there's this idea of what a casual fan is and that a casual fan only watches to see things that they enjoy. And if they don't enjoy it, then they're cutting it off. Um, But I think, like Will said, you're not going to get any fans to watch if you're not providing them, uh, you know, pro wrestling at its most potent. Right. And I feel like trying to, you know, give them a watered down version of wrestling and thinking that that's going to bring in casual fans mm. it just doesn't work i mean think about basketball if basketball isn't good if you turn tune in 
and you're watching bad basketball, you're not going to keep watching it. Right. <laughs> that works for everything. I mean, it's the same thing if there's if there is uh I don't know, if you're if you're an action movie snob and like I don't care if it's a it's a incredible action movie with all these explosions, it's a Michael Michael Bay fest and it's just a bad movie, I'm not gonna watch it. Right. <laughs> so I, I just feel like if the product is good, whether people watch all the time or not, they're going to watch. Mm-hmm. And you know, continuing to give them a good product is what's gonna keep them watching. Um, and Misfit says, uh, anytime I have friends over for pay-per-view, uh, I consider them casual fans. They prefer gimmicks like Luchasaurus or God's favorite champion. Um, yeah, but like, and I suppose if that's a person who can like take or leave it, um, I just feel like that's the, if they're not necessarily spending money on it, um, I'm not necessarily worried about that person per se either. Right. Uh, because like i i want to see wrestling back at a point and i don't know if that's ever going to happen but i would love to see wrestling back at a point where everybody's talking about it where um you know it's it's like cool with high school kids like um i remember uh when i was it's sorry that's like i feel like it's a weekly occurrence that my alarm goes off on my phone um as i feel like uh you know again going back to high school (laughs) and i remember the uh i i i have this like distinct memory of we were walking all all of us walking back from lunch because we had off-campus lunch and uh and i remember the day uh and it was january 7th because uh right after the insurrection because well (laughs) (laughs) sorry not not 2021 (laughs) but uh but (laughs) in But it was in in 2002, so 19 years ago. Uh, but uh, one dude's like, hey, Triple H is coming back tonight. And I'm like, yep, Triple H is coming back tonight. Everybody's all excited in this conversation. None of us even knew we were wrestling fans. I remember, like, I didn't even know this dude was a wrestling fan. But then he brings up, hey, Triple H is coming back tonight. And then somebody else brings it up. And we're like, oh, shit. This is going to be the night. This is the mm-hmm. night that he's back. And like, it was like an exciting time. And that's what I want back. And I don't know how it gets there. Uh, but I, know I don't that, think it ever will. Honestly, but I, there's but, just too much. That there's not just cable. Like, and, and like yeah, there's you know, this, too many a fandom of pretty much everything is so fractured right. uh, yeah. that I don't know either. Um, and really quick, Jose brings up uh, way too early, but it does not look good for Hit Row. Let go, B Fab, and had a nothing segment with Sammy again. Uh, I, I have it here. We are about to get to release. No this shortly. one is surprised. It's just like Keith Lee. Get out, man! Come on, you guys. Uh, you thought but, they were gonna understand a hip hop gimmick on SmackDown? Uh, but continuing with. Uh, some of the questions. Okay. We will take it away from pro wrestling as I felt like this was eventually going to come up. Shout out to Daz uh, with the question and Kaz with the response. Uh, Daz asks, Reg and Phil. Oh. Mariah Carey, yes or no? And, okay. and, and what, what do you this, mean by yes and no? What, okay, what I don't mean? think this has come up on this show. Uh, so I have to put this out there for those who don't know me because it is officially MC season. <laughs> um, I am an obsessive Mariah Carey fan. <laughs> uh, and I mean 
obsessive. Mm. Uh, like, like you have a sweet fantasy right now. Sweet, sweet fantasy. <laughs> um, she is the goat. There is no wrong she can do in my eyes. Um, I love Mariah Carey, and I have put that out there. It is pretty much like one of my personality traits at this point. Uh, and I'm surprised it hasn't come up on this show yet. Uh, as a matter of fact, and I don't even think the RBR guys know this, the RBR theme song uh, currently by Montezzi contains two Mariah Carey references and samples uh, when I made That's the beat. Hilarious. And uh, <laughs> uh, I think only a few people have caught it. Uh, but the... <laughs> Uh, and we've had that, or they've had that theme song about a year now. Uh, but there, there's two in there. Um, the line at the end of the theme song, the welcome to fantasy, uh, that's directly from the video uh, fantasy. But yes, I am an obsessive Mariah Carey fan. As a matter of fact, they're at arm's length. I literally own every Mariah Carey <laughs> so album in existence. The Christmas albums are actually upstairs because it's Christmas time. But I even own glitter. I own fucking glitter. Uh, <laughs> I own them all. Look, the answer to this is very easy. In 1997, my mouth watered watching a music video. I was a kid. I didn't. I didn't know about like. I mean, uh, you know, women were women a thing, but like, <laughs> I never. I didn't know that. I was just thirsting over a woman. And her name was Mariah Carey. It was the honey video. I was thirsting as a child. So Mariah Carey's forever, man. How do you come on? Mariah so, Carey, bro. So shout out to uh Hannah who said MC season. He let me know what it started to. Hey, I man. did. Uh as soon as you put your tree up, I was like, look, Mariah Carey said it's time, so it's time. <laughs> um and uh okay, here's the thing. I, I I will explain the Mariah Carey fandom. Uh she fine. So, so look, no, honestly, to me, it's music. Um, so this is where it comes about. Uh, I, I will explain my musical taste because I, I think we've all put out there that we're hip hop heads. You know, Philip has, uh, mentioned that he's a big fan of Lupe. And of course, uh, Reg, we had a big talk last week. Uh, and it was probably one of my favorite conversations that we've ever had on, um, on Bay area hip hop, which was right. great. Um, and so, then your thing about flow rider, don't forget. <laughs> so here's the thing. <laughs> I... As much as I love hip-hop, my one true love in music is R&B. I'm an R&B cat through and through. Um, I feel like no matter what topics continue to change in our culture, love and sex will always, always, always hit the spot. R&B is forever. Mm -hmm. So I am an R&B dude. I love R&B music. Um, and as a matter of fact, shout out to that new uh, single by Silk Sonic. It's actually really good. And I appreciate um, uh, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars just like trying to keep like old school R&B music alive. Mm -hmm. But you want to appeal to any of my moods? R&B is it for me. So anyway, I grew up watching Video Soul on BET. Donnie mm -hmm. Simpson, that was the show in the afternoon, put on Video Soul and it always got to me. So... It was one day in 1995, uh, I was watching Video Soul, as always, and uh, I had never heard a Mariah Carey song before. And all of a sudden, uh, Fantasy comes on. And it wasn't just Fantasy, it was Fantasy the Remix featuring ODB. That was the first Mariah Carey song I ever heard. And uh, my first question was, 
Bob, why is this white woman on BET? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and my mom chimes in. She goes, she's mixed, honey. And I'm like, okay, cool. And so, right. uh, so I watch fantasy and everything about it appeals to me. Everything about the video, the song. I was like, what is happening here? This is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then Always Be My Baby came out. Same deal. And uh, the remix with Escape and, uh, mm-hmm. and Brat. Yeah. Uh, and Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, Jermaine Dupree. Like, and then all of a sudden, I'm just a fan. And then it was like every single she kept dropping after that, I became a bigger fan and a bigger fan and a bigger fan. Uh, because as Reg just mentioned in 97, Honey came out. And not just Ooh. Honey, but the Honey remix with uh, the Bad Boy remix with the Locks and Mace. Mm-hmm. Man, they said we don't have lady records. Are they crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Kiss and, said that in that verse, yeah. I was like, come on, bro. He's got, yeah, the honey, and, he's got the honey record in his tuck. Yeah, and all of a sudden, it was like uh, I just became this unashamed Mariah Carey fan from about 95 on. From the third grade on, it was just like she is my favorite artist, and she makes music that I love. And as a fan of R&B music, she continues to make it. She just put out a new single uh, last night called um, Falling in Love at Christmas Time with Khalid and Kirk, <laughs> and Kirk Franklin. Mariah and- Carey, come on. You can't occupy the whole Christmas <laughs> music spe- spectrum. Like, that's man. the thing. is the things that I love. Two things I very much love. Christmas music and R&B music. And all of a sudden, we got Falling in Love at Christmas coming out with Khalid, who I love Khalid, right? Like, I think he makes, again, great R&B music. Um, and a dude is what he's only like 23, I think. Uh, and I think he is solid. Uh, yeah. and so him, Mariah Carey, and Kirk Franklin doing a Christmas song, I was like, This is about to hit the spot. I already know I love this, I don't even have to listen to it now, but uh, I did listen to it and I love it anyway. Uh, Drew Nicholas says, Now we know who, why are you so obsessed with me? Who was directed at, yeah, probably me. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised people didn't catch that. I was wearing a Mariah shirt like three weeks ago on this show. Literally says Mariah across the top. Uh, it was the butterfly shirt. Um, uh, Devil J Cry says, uh, all I want for Christmas is Grapsody. Uh Kimberly says, the Love Emancipation it. of Mimi was my soundtrack to college. No shame. Let me tell you, I feel like that album does not get enough credit, right? Uh, the Emancipation of Mimi, Collector's Edition, Special Edition. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, Emancipation of Mimi. That that came out my senior year of high school. That album was so good. Uh, because, again, because it, it is exactly what it was supposed to be, right? It was like Mariah Carey had been doing like kind of ballads and, and um, uh, sadder songs for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, Emancipation of Mimi was just like, nah. This, she is, the first song on the album is It's Like That with Fat Man Scoop. And it was like, from there on, the album is just fire. And uh, as a matter of fact, it even combined, that album has uh, two of my favorite things combined. Because Kanye West did the beat to uh, uh, Stay the Night. And I love Kanye West instrumentals, especially like we're talking early or mid-2000s Kanye West production. Can't be beat. Uh, and so there is Stay the Night, uh, which was Mariah Carey and Kanye West. Love that beat. Love that song. Uh, anyway, the question was actually for Phil and Reg, and I just went off on a Mariah Carey <laughs> tangent. So knowing now how I feel about MC, knowing that I feel that she is the GOAT, how do you guys feel about Mariah Carey? Well, first of all, I am going to kick down a Christmas tree 
and deny that it's MC season because it is November. Oh. It is not Christmas time. It is it is surely <laughs> Caesar season. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving food season. <laughs> it is not MC season. I will not stand for this. Um, yeah. Um, but as far as you know, you know the, you know the ghost of Christmas past, future, and present in MC. Uh, you know you have to give her a present. Her props, man. She has uh, yeah. stayed relevant for, forever. Nineteen yeah. number one singles. She That's a lot of number one singles. Most of any single artist. Yeah, Only the Beatles. She is the queen of of hip hop features. Uh, I don't know if there's any R and B act that's had better hip hop features throughout their entire career, and has also managed to do some incredible hooks through along the way on just about any hip hop artist that you can name. All right, uh, so who is taking on Mariah in the verses? That's the question. Is it Mary no J? One. No one can compete. No, no one. one. Mary J is the only one I think could, and I think she'd lose. And uh, and I love Mary J. Mariah um, got a bunch. Thing. I am, <laughs> I am, I am an R and B guy. Like uh, as much as I could have conversations about hip hop, if you want to talk about uh, Keith Sweat, I, <laughs> like I could absolutely talk to me about Johnny Gill. I will absolutely have a conversation about all of that. Um, and yes, I'm a Whitney fan as well. I don't buy into the rivalry. Um, because ultimately they squashed it. They right. did a song together. They need to be compared. Uh, right. you know what? I could maybe see Janet. Um, oh, up, yeah. yeah. Janet is one yeah. I could absolutely see. Janet um, got a bunch, a yeah. bunch, a bunch. So, so yeah, that one could work. Uh, that one could, uh, I could, I could, see but that. honestly, they both just need to face each. Like Kanye West said on that Nori interview, they just need to face each other in the verses, like, like, um, face themselves in the verses, like Mariah against Mariah, this album against this album, Janet against Janet, this album yeah. against this album. <laughs> I still haven't watched that Kanye Drink Champs. I've heard Ooh. he said some wild things on there. Um, if he I, said I what I heard like, he said. Yeah, I watched for like 30 minutes before it started getting crazy, and I just was like, this I haven't guy. watched it yet at all. Yeah, he's uh he's out there. Yeah. He is out there. And T5 the Great says, I'm about to date myself, but Vision of Love 1990 was when I discovered MC and instantly fell in love. Um, I mean I have it. <laughs> He's like, I have a vision of love, so of course. Uh, so yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows? I just know that. Um, suppose if if there, there's 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 a get to know about Grapsity as far as I'm concerned. Um, can't go wrong with with mc so right. thank you for trying to open that one up but you know yeah. what wedge trying to trying to drive a wedge come on bro come on that but it didn't happen come um on. let's see jay shell asked who do you think could be the first black world champ in aew well i have an answer now i i but reg looks he looks like it's like on the tip of his tongue he just got released. That was my answer. <laughs> He's limitless, and his name is Keith Lee. It's very easy. It's very simple. His name is Keith Lee. He has it. He does it. AEW could let him do exactly what he does. We're out of here. It's simple. Keith you know, Lee. Keith not Bearcat Lee. Shut up. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about releases. 
Yes. Let's talk about them because uh, there was a big number of them. Uh, WWE released, I believe, 17, possibly 18 people on uh, Thursday. It had been rumored pretty much all week. Um, yeah. And uh, the only thing I had heard from somebody who would definitely be in the know was uh, they said, because I, I told you guys, right, in our group, yeah. that, uh, they said, pay attention to who wasn't on Raw this week was all I was told. Uh, and I thought, uh-oh, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. That was what I said in our yep, group chat. I was did. like, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee were not mm-hmm. on Raw this week. Um, and that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, the, the grand list uh, consisted of Grand Metalik uh, and uh, Lince Dorado, Mia Yim, Eva Marie, Harry Smith, uh, B-Fab, uh, and that's just the main roster. And then over from NXT, you had Frankie Monet and uh, Ember Moon, Scarlett, Oni Lorcan, Trey Baxter, Chessie Kamea. Oh, uh, my God. That's a lineup. <laughs> yeah, Zeta Ramir, um, uh, Katrina Cortez, and Jeet Rama. Uh, and a lot of those guys were just signed, uh, right. like, just months ago. Um like some of them are like two months. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, oh, did I? I missed Nia Jax. Nia Jax was also yeah, on that list. Nia's uh, probably the biggest one, right? I think. Yes. Yeah, uh, I'd say so, considering she's former women's champion former and all that. Champion, former tag like, team champ. Just the most recent tag team champ. Right. Um, and so there's there's a lot uh, to to kind of dissect here. Um, but again, yeah. Uh, it was one of those things I, I was, like I said, kind of like spending the week anticipating because of the fact that uh, who wasn't on Raw this week. Uh, and because it was what I was told, just like look into who's not on Raw this week. And that should be your indicator uh, as to what's going through the mind of the company and Vince. Um, and so I guess that's why I wasn't surprised by a couple of them. But BFAB. Right was very surprising. BFAB was surprising because I was not told uh, anything about SmackDown. And she was literally on SmackDown last week. So mm-hmm. uh, that was uh, that was like, what the hell? Uh, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, <laughs> and she, uh, according to the news, didn't have a main roster contract upgrade. So she was released um, under the... Uh, I guess under NXT pretenses. So she only has a 30 day non-compete. Uh, I have questions about all of the above, by the way, uh, because who exactly has NXT contracts now and who doesn't? Um, I, I saw uh, on the, um, the internal email they sent out uh, that, you know, they had a list of NXT talent that's been released and like Ember Moon is of course listed as NXT talent. Is she under an NXT contract or was she? I have no idea. Um, do you guys have the answers to that? Because uh, I'm not because, sure. Uh, yeah. You know, because it is all the difference of do we see them in 30 days or do we see them in 90 days? Right. Um, like, you know, Finn Balor returned to NXT, but he worked NXT entirely under a main roster contract the whole time he was there. Um, right. So and that's uh, why- uh, Orny L- Lorcan on his, or Biff Busick said that he has 90 days. So there's... Things are different for everybody, it seems. Yeah, so I'm curious what all of this means. Because, like, is Mandy Rose, is she a main roster contract? Or is she 
uh, NXT. I can't see them suddenly downgrading her despite moving her. Right. Um, so I don't know what that means, but I will say there's a lot of shockers here. Last week, we had a big conversation about Keith Lee. I think everybody here made some great points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It was our first episode, wasn't it, when we talked about Keith Lee? Yeah, but we also, just last week, we discussed how, uh, because he had the match against um, uh, the Hurt Business, and we were complaining about the fact that he, because, uh, yeah, the first episode, we talked about the Bearcat name. You're right. There's right, a lot yeah. of I told you so's we have to throw out there from that. Yeah. But uh, last week, we talked about how uh, they've essentially removed all of the Keith Lee from Keith Lee. Uh, right. That he is coming out here. Um and like when you think about how Keith Lee talked, about how Keith Lee walked, you look at his music, you look at his uh, what he did in the ring, you look at his gear, like all of that. They wanted no parts of that. Nothing. Uh, they they wanted. Uh, I believe Reg's words last week was they wanted him to be Mark Henry. Yep. Uh, they yep. wanted Mark Henry. Then they did. They not wanted want... another strong man that bends frying pans in half. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll 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 get to the shits. We'll just go ahead and get to the shits. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of people on the internet uh, trying to say that this was his idea. It came right. out yesterday. It was not his idea, mm-hmm. and he said it too. It wasn't yeah. like this is news that came he, out. He, straight he said up, it. He said it on Instagram. Yeah, a big LOL at the end too, which makes yes. it even better. Uh, <laughs> if if you go all the way back to our first episode, I said in response to the Bearcat stuff and people saying that it was his idea that we've got to wait for him to say it's his idea. Because the thing is, if it is a tribute to Bearcat Wright and he did that, cool. Now, I had my suspicions from the beginning because as, I, as I've as i said with the Apollo gimmick, you can't have both, right? Right. You cannot, you cannot decide that you're going to do a gimmick that is proud of heritage and also make it a heel. Right. That is confusing to your audience because mm-hmm. half of your audience that is black wants to root for this guy because he's doing a tribute to a well-known, well, I don't know if I would say well-known, a historic black wrestler who was, you know, the first recognized black world champion. And not just that, Bearcat was one of the first guys to, you know, step over the line and continue to wrestle, you know, in segregated shows. Like he's one of the guys to kick that door down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's a hero. Yep. And so to take that name and add it to a guy and make him a heel, I feel like that is something that a white person would do because they don't understand the history behind it. Exactly. And so that gets me to my second point. I saw a lot of people trying to educate the world of wrestling on black history. And to that, I say a pox. Yes. <laughs> I say Straight a pox on thee. Mm-hmm. Um, you, cannot, you cannot come in and assume things and then try to educate people i right. knew who bearcat Wright was yeah. but i thought it was funny that i saw a lot of people copy and pasting mm-hmm. you know quotes about who he is and sharing yeah. his picture and with the assumption that all wrestling fans didn't know who they knew he was and yes right. most fans did not know who he was but if you didn't know who he was it don't fit here bro it no fit. it don't fit and it doesn't fit for the reasons i said you cannot you cannot make a character that is proud of something that is black heritage and make him a heel. It right. just doesn't work. Um, it just, and I mean, even when you look at the symbolism that they went from, as Reg said, trying to get this Mark Henry esque character, and Mark Henry was 
attempted to be called Silverback. Wasn't right. It? Yep. Mm-hmm. This is another instance where WWE is trying to add this animal motif mm-hmm. to a black wrestler, and yep. it went right under your noses while you were trying to educate us on black history. Yes. <laughs> bars on fucking <laughs> bars, bro. Bars. Oh, so my I'm God. just going to say now, this is why I waited to see, and now we know. Um, When you take this guy that could do anything, literally anything, he had he had the strength, He's a talker. He can move like a cruiserweight. Um, he had great character. He had great charisma. He had great facial expressions. The guy is a star. He's a massive he star. He was confident. He was a confident. And you take this guy and you put constraints on him. That tells me you don't get him. And that tells mm-hmm. me you don't get what he represented as an indie wrestler. And that's fine. I know everybody has to fit the WWE style. Mm-hmm. But when you serve that to us and then you allow your fan base to try to tell us, but it's for us, it's for the culture because look, Bearcat. All right. It's not. And you know, um, uh, this is where we had the conversation last week. I said that uh, WWE needs NXT 2.0 because NXT 2.0 is essentially going to be a wrestler factory. Mm-hmm. And uh, they need to just be able to produce wrestlers from scratch. Because I don't want to see them signing up indie guys anymore. Guys that already have a little bit of buzz to them. And the only thing they need is a stage to show it on. And instead, you want to transform them into something else. I don't want to see that no more. All right. um, and so I, I feel like NXT 2.0 is exactly what they need. They need to just be able to, to make guys that they want to make, how they want to make them, and leave guys alone from the indie scene that uh, are making waves because that, like I said, how could you possibly look at Keith Lee and decide anything else for him? You had them mm-hmm. never seen him before, right? Uh, and and I heard this from a lot of guys, by the way, right? Because uh, this was this seemed to just be the old wrestler head mentality, um, where you know guys like Jim Cornette, guys like Disco Inferno. Um, had uh, if I can throw my disco in front of impression impersonation out there, mm-hmm. we'd say, Well, why, why, why does uh, Keith Lee do this? Why does he? But but you know, and he, he was like, well, Why does he need to do this? He doesn't need to do flips, he, he needs to, yeah. and like he would, um, and he would say the same, and people. Uh, in the business, say the same thing about Luchasaurus, right? And it's yeah. like, uh, why why is this big man doing these big man things? Uh, or not doing big man things. He needs to be wrestling like a big man. You know, the the same conversation should probably be, be had right now about uh, Piper Niven, right? Because right. Um, all of a sudden, there, there was like, why isn't she wrestling like a big woman? She needs to just, you know, do big person things like that. Right. Like they just have a, they want to box people in to what they think somebody like that should be like Keith Lee, Keith Lee, like limitless Keith Lee is as Reg said last week, a gimmick in itself. It is. That is the character A man that size who could do anything. A man that size who is, who is going to surprise you with, uh, uh i get his speaking ability right and it's like no we don't want any of that we want him to come out and growl right uh you know the fuck all that talking he is gonna growl he's gonna snarl and he is going to do um 
big man moves, and that's it. That's um, it. Yeah, Correct. they had a view for him, then they wanted him boxed into that. And like the second that that started happening, I was ready for Keith Lee to move on. Right. Uh, and writing was on the wall pretty immediately. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as they uh, took his theme song away, you were like, "All right, I see what's going on here." They yeah, put him that, in that weird skirt. It's like, "All right, I see what's going yeah, on here." It yeah, just kept it getting good. worse and worse. Yeah, it was clear he was not what they wanted, right. um, which was so bizarre because, like, then why'd you call him up? Especially when you did. He was only NXT champion for what? Like two weeks? Right. And uh, hey. I, I got to take on that as well. You know? Okay. I well, feel like. Uh, <laughs> let's get let's get to these super chats and then I want to hear the take. Uh, so Marco said, give me Keith Lee double pouncing the Bucks off the stage on his debut, please. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great. Please. Uh, Darian <laughs> yeah. said, uh, most underrated R&B group is uh, intro. Come inside is that gas. Um we also had Jay Shell saying, all horrible, but B Fab floored me. So disappointed. That was just yeah. I don't I don't get it. Rob Still. said, uh, editing out B Fab from Hit Rose music immediately made it another generic entrance theme. Uh and apply got, what everything we just said about Keith Lee to Hit Row. That's um, simple, yeah. simple as that. Our friend Monica says, uh, he ain't no damn Bearcat. Keith Lee is my future AEW champ. I yep. need an AEW version of Bask in his glory. Also, I want uh, Ember Athena Ember. in AEW. Uh, yep. I need to see Athena versus Sheeta. You mean again? Because we did see that in Shimmer uh, yep. seven years ago. Uh, so uh, look it up, by the way. It's on their YouTube channel. But uh, imagine what they could do now. I know, right? Ooh, Athena wee. versus um, Hikaru Sheeta uh, did happen. Uh, and then we had uh, uh, Stella Justin Lopez says <laughs> oh he went ham. God. He went ham on that, that Bearcat Roar he let out a few oh weeks God. ago. Uh, was just cringe. It was yeah. almost as bad as that Brock scream from years ago. Because I mean, yeah, you know but- they were like, "We need you to let out a big growl at the top of the." No, God, come on, dude. What? What is this? He's not an actual bear. You don't even get the tribute mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> And uh, and he also said, also once Vince saw Odyssey Jones and had him start working dark matches, I had yep. a feeling Keith would become yep. expendable sooner yep. than later. Yep, great, great point because that's exactly they're like, well, we have this one. He's younger. He's this. He, we can make him into Mark Henry because we got him from the jump. Here we go. We don't need Keith like, Lee. Honestly, there isn't necessarily any harm in bringing in guys and making them what you want from jump. Right. Um, yes. You know if that's. If that's your MO and that's how you want to develop, guys. Uh, but like I said, what I want to see stop is uh, bringing in indie guys and beating their presence out of them. Done right. with that. Like, honestly, yeah. and WWE should be done with it, too. I think that uh, because, like, there was obviously a disconnect. You know, Hunter was going around to the indies. Hunter and William Regal were going around mm-hmm. to the indies. They were scouting indie shows. They were seeing these guys that they clearly liked and clearly wanted. And then they'd bring them in, bring them into NXT, refine them a little bit, and then send them to the main roster. Where Vince, who wasn't scouting, and mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Dunn, and uh, most recently now Bruce Pritchard again, yeah. um, were seeing these guys that they weren't scouting. Uh, and we're like, no, we don't want any of this. This oh. is what we wanted. We weren't looking. Well, for what's this. their gimmick? Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me, I feel like I want to see going forward more indie guys being like ultimately right now. And again, 
This isn't shilling for AEW. This is simply AEW doing more of what I want to see in this regard. Right. I feel like AEW has now become kind of the destination for indie guys. They that uh, if you want to essentially play your music and just play it on a bigger stage, that's the place to go now. Because right now, WWE isn't really interested in that anymore. And they've right. made it very clear that that's not what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. That they're interested in uh, kind of making guys from scratch. And you know what? If Braun Breaker is successful, then good on them. Then they have done what they wanted to do. If right. Odyssey Jones, if, uh, if we do see uh, more of... Um, uh, I don't know, like if Carmelo Hayes... And, and granted, you know, he had an indie presence, though. Uh, it's... If they are able, though, to essentially create the guys that they want to create, I think they will have a better path for their vision. Right. Um, but at this point, then leave the indies alone. Just um, go all 100% yeah. in WWE. Just do it. Just yeah, go Don't read the indies for anymore. It. Yeah, no, just do yeah, your thing. Don't, don't do create it. Create your machine. Keep putting out these box of gimmicks and just let it happen. Don't try box to, gimmicks. yeah, don't try to invade the Indies. Don't try to be anybody else. Just be you live in your filth and we won't watch live in it. your filth. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yeah. So the other part, I feel like we have to talk about how he lost and left NXT. Yeah. Um, I was told at the time, because I will never forget this night. I was watching black wrestlers matter that night. I decided mm -hmm. not to watch takeover. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was watching it, and I was keeping up with what was going on on that takeover. And that was the night that Keith Lee lost the championship. And I said, and I tweeted out, hey, man, if y'all want to watch something else, y'all don't have to watch that. Watch Black mm -hmm. Wrestlers Matter, because right. that company keeps telling y'all they love us, but they keep doing the same thing. Um, and so I got a lot of hate for that. Um, right. I got Oh, man, you don't know what this means for him. He could go somewhere. Let to the it main play roster. out. And look who's the funny thing about the whole thing is look who beat him and look what they did to that guy. It's just exactly. like, oh my God. It, it was clear to me from day one that this thing, the way he lost, it proved that putting the, both titles on him at Great American Bash was a ploy. It was. It was a ploy to get people to watch and right. not watch what was on the other channel. Yeah. It was clearly a ploy. Mm -hmm. Um, and they had no plans for him moving forward after they put both titles on him. That was clear as day. And so when I saw it again, when they took the titles off of him, I was like, fool me once. Mm -hmm. You don't have a plan for him. It's very clear. And All I right. said that on Twitter. Again, I'm negative. So we get to the main roster. Look, he's he's in a match with Randy. Okay, but what is the plan? After he beats Randy, is he going to be in a world title picture? No, he beat Randy, and Randy got a title shot. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. And I said again, Come on, there's no bro. plan for him. Look at it. Nah, you got to let it play out because going to the main roster is an upgrade and being in a feud with Randy is, a, is, a, is an upgrade. Stop telling us that being on Raw is an upgrade. It isn't. Nah. Stop telling us that putting you in a feud with Orton just because Orton is a star means that it's, a, it's specifically a rub. It's a rub if it's a plan to go somewhere from that. Just right. putting him in the ring with him is not a rub. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yo, Phil's the new negative one. Watch out the Dark Order. Hey, You're the, one, the new negative one. We I, out here, this, baby. This is why I said at the time, I tweeted merely when I saw it release, let it play out. Mm -hmm. I mean, because we were told that a lot when it came to Keith Lee. Um, 
So and Karrion Cross, even on the opposite end, he got beat by Jeff Hardy, and they were like, "Hey, it's not that bad." He's the NXT champion. No, it's bad. <laughs> so one of the questions that we get asked a lot about, uh, yeah, one of the questions we get asked a lot about is uh, black wrestlers in AEW because it's a big topic in mm-hmm. um, uh, pretty much everywhere you look, uh, and some people have even made a grift out of it. But the uh, the thing is. I will say that uh, a big observation I've made on that topic and why I haven't necessarily been as, um, I guess, bullish on the topic as I as I am when it comes to WWE black wrestlers is because uh, I have looked at it from the perspective of um, where people are and where they can be. So like... Uh, this wasn't a topic that sprung up recently, by the way. This was a topic that's been going on pretty much since AEW's launch. When AEW uh, first came about and all their roster was announced, um, a lot of people looked at that and went, ooh, that's like a really white roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and the question was then posed of, uh, are they going to have any like black main eventers? To which my response to that was... Um, who at the moment is available and ready-made the same way that um, a Cody is, the same way that a Kenny Omega is, the same way that um, John Moxley is, the same way Chris Jericho is? Um, because whoever it is, sign him. Um, but at the moment, I don't know who that is at the moment. And because I'm not here for tokenism. I'm not here to simply fill... A, to see somebody fill a, a stat. I want to see um, a star get there. So there's a lot of benefit of the doubt I've been willing to give to the idea that who is ready-made for that the way so many guys are. With all of that said now, the answer to that is Keith Lee to me. Keith Lee is somebody who I feel is ready-made for that spot. Somebody that I do feel is the equivalent of a Kenny Omega when Kenny was um, uh, first signed into AEW and um, as recognizable of, of a name and somebody who you don't have to tweak, you don't have to to get ready. Like you can bring in ready-made main eventer top spot. So when Red, oh, so I, you know what we keep this is supreme disrespect to Ricky Starks. I'm very sorry. It's you, Ricky Starks. You're the one, dude. You're the man. You're the first black. AEW champion, I think I put the rocket on Ricky Stark's back tonight if they knew it was good for him. That guy can talk. Like I said, Ricky Starks, I think no. Ricky Starks is a phenomenal talent, and I think that he um, will probably be the one to get there. Like if if AEW respects any sense of their own hierarchy of like, hey, we should probably push guys who have been with this company uh, longer and and put in the work, then yeah, Ricky Starks is the guy. Um, Because I don't necessarily feel like Ricky Starks was a ready-made guy when he came in. I think Ricky Starks was um, a... Um, a solid talent that when he came in, it was like, oh shit, like he turned a lot of heads, but he didn't necessarily have the buzz um, the way that like Keith Lee is going to come in and he's going to get a roaring pop. People are going to cheer. They're going to know all of his stuff. Um, Even if he hasn't done any of it in a year and a half because he hasn't been, because he's been away from NXT for so long. Uh, But he's going to come in and everybody's going to know his stuff. Uh, He is just going to come off 
in the same way that Adam Cole did. Adam Cole came in ready-made, right? He came in with all the catchphrases. People saw his name on the Tron. They lost it. They knew all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Ready-made dude. I feel like Keith Lee is that now. Mm-hmm. And he is the guy you can finally do that with. Um, and then also on the women's side, Ember Moon is that. Ember right. Moon is very much that person mm-hmm. uh, that can come in. And I don't know how you got it wrong with her for so long. She was called up in what, 2018? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, and granted, she had some injuries, but it's not like you were doing anything with her before it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was one that I felt was missed, uh, was a missed opportunity. And uh, now she's cut. Um, and we're we're going to see what you can do with her going forward. Um, but I feel there's a lot that can be done. And again, she's a ready-made person. And she's I think somebody- I, I think even beyond that, I don't I don't even think she has to immediately go into AEW just because the women's wrestling out now is so great, and mm-hmm. there's so many great promotions that like she could go to a ton of places and Listen. have so many great opponents. Right, it's like right. she it's it's crazy. It's I'm just gonna put this in the air because I want to see it at this point. We need to see Ember versus Trisha Dora. Oh my! For God. the Pan African Championship, sign it, do it, drop it, seal it, is, yeah. do it. Main we we need to see this all match. Over the world. We need, we to need see this it. Match. I need it. I need it. And bad. so, yeah, no, but no, I agree with you on Keith Lee. I feel like he's a guy that's ready made, and I also feel like AEW is at a point where they have options. Um, yeah, I mean, like Red said, Ricky Starks is right there. You could easily elevate this guy eventually and make him mm-hmm. world champion. Leo's there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Lee Moriarty is a more is is a longer term plan, but I feel like he could eventually get there and be world champion. Yeah, Leo is actually one too that I think Leo's also one with some heat like on yeah. him, he could get there pretty quickly. I, I I don't I don't think we should overlook the story of Scorpio being the first black male to sign with the company, and he mm-hmm. could eventually get there as well. They've yep. got options, um, and you know, again, there's guys that just got out there, whether that be for Ring of Honor or through WWE with Keith Lee, that they can sign. Right. And so I feel like... Jonathan Gresham is out there in the world yeah, now. Shit, yeah. like... So <laughs> I, I feel like at this point, it's a put-up-or-shut-up moment for eight. And th- th- this is how I feel it is, too. So, and, and the, to address what's being said in the chat, uh, so CJP said, I don't feel AEW should get the benefit of the doubt and should get the criticism. Uh, AEW has a lot of black talent, and shotgunning Keith Lee feels off. Um, so, again... So here's the thing. This is why I feel like it's put up a shut up time because um, I don't really feel like there's really anybody else who like when I look at the program as a whole, uh, whether it is no matter who it is on the roster, I don't necessarily feel like there's really anybody who had they've only had the three world champions and all of them came in ready made. Chris Jericho, are you kidding me? Came in with a 20 year ready made career. Kenny Oma, or John Moxley, it was a former WWE champion. He's like their biggest draw. Um, and he headlined WWE for years. Mm-hmm. Came in, ready-made guy. Kenny Omega, I do feel, was mostly ready-made. I would say when he came in, he was like 75% of the way there. And they did pretty much the rest of the work to get him there. But otherwise, they haven't done that for anybody else. Hangman Adam Page is about to be the first person they've done that with. But otherwise, there hasn't been a whole lot of take somebody from nothing and make them into something kind of things. And so when I'm talking about somebody ready-made, I'm specifically referring to somebody who fits the same mold that fits their white counterparts. And when I look at somebody who fits the mold of like what Kenny Omega's done, um, I think 
to me, Keith Lee is that guy. Uh, now, I'm not saying, because I said this last week, I do not believe anybody in any company ever, no matter who you are, don't bring anybody in and make a world champion. That sucks, and it undermines everything that you've been doing in your program previously. Don't ever do that. I would not say drop Keith Lee in and make him champ. But I do think drop Keith Lee in and have him go on a tear. That's what I would do, uh, personally. I would say debut at Revolution, which is in February. We're three months away, 90 days. Uh, bring him in at Revolution. Give him... Black History Month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, bring him in and put him, though, up against some of the top-tier guys. Have right. him... Yeah. Um... <laughs> he, should just, he should just come in with the with the uh, Kurt Franklin behind him. Do you want a revolution? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want a revolution? Because, <laughs> like, you know, I've seen people toss out the idea of, like, um, how amazing of a debut would it be and a callback to people who love that kind of stuff is uh, like Adam Cole just like on the stage and all of a sudden off screen just gets like pounced into the crowd mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh shit, Keith Lee's back. And then you could start there. Um, but there's a lot of top guys you could start with. Uh, you could do him and Miro. There's a, places you can go. Like I'm not saying just drop him in and like immediately make him champion. But I am saying that he is a ready-made guy and he's one that and not even necessarily ready-made because of WWE, because, you know, that's the, the, the criticism that's going to fall, is they're going to say ready-made, uh, or they're going to say uh, pushing another WWE guy. But, like, that only He's applies to me. He's not a WWE guy. That only applies to me if you bring him in as, <laughs> as Bearcat, growling, and wearing a singlet. And a if skirt. they say that ever, that Keith Lee is a WWE guy, I'm going to... Go off. He is not a WWE guy. I I want Keith Lee to come straight in wherever he goes next with the the same kind of tank top singlet that they had him in and just like rip it off and just yeah. like go wild and just, mm-hmm. just, just come on, man. Like right. because honestly, like that dude. I think about that Survivor Series 2019 moment with him and Roman mm-hmm. and the fist bump and how how strong they made him look uh, and. But again, that was that wasn't Vince's vision. That right. was that was Hunter's vision. Right. And uh, we'll always have that visual of Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. Keith Lee's coming out, and Brock's like, "Oh, big boy!" <laughs> I love yeah, that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. No, I, I, I just, I feel like there's so much potential for him, and the sky is the limit. Um, or better yet, he's limitless. You. you got it. That said, uh, looking at the other releases. Um, I think that uh, I do want to see uh, like Karrion Cross is probably going to be back in Impact. I think. Um, yeah, you think so? After the way he left there? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. People be burning that. bridges. They think that they're going to be in WWE forever. You got to remember, man. WWE might not like you. <laughs> I don't see him going back to Impact. Sheesh. Uh, so what was interesting was. Um, was Zeta and how like you know she was signed just earlier this year mm-hmm. and uh I would like to see her um have a bit of a Ty Conti like run in right. that uh you know Ty needed um you know she came in and you could see all the tools were there but uh she was just she still needed some refinement um and uh, NXT gave her a very short opportunity to do so, uh, and she ended up um, leaving because uh, she had asked for her release, and then eventually she got it. Uh, 
when she was part of those releases and she ended up going over to AEW where, you know, she did refine herself on Dark and work her way up. And all of a sudden people were like, wait, Ty Conti can go. And now she is challenging for the world title. Right. Uh, with that said, I would like to see that from Zeta. She only has, I think, in total, 30-something matches to her entire career. Yeah. Uh, so there's time. Um, she's uh she's, she's got... Texas. Yeah. So and their their wrestling scene is on fire. So she she'll go back to Texas. She'll work with probably reality of wrestling again, new and Texas. That's where she trained out of, right? Yeah, trained, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's all these Texas places that she's just gonna go and keep refining the style, keep getting her name out here. Same thing as uh, as Ember Moon. There's all these women promotions, all these women that she'll mm-hmm. have to take on and just grow. So it's going to work out better for her also. She has that crazy shooting star press. Shout out to AQA. She's dope. Yeah. Uh, and I love her shooting star. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that was the first time I had ever seen her was the, the compilation of her shooting star. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That's somebody that uh, I could see doing good things. Um, and like Katrina Cortez, she's only, what, 21? Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of time as far yeah. as she's concerned. Uh, A lot of I, these people were pretty young. So it's it's uh, there's time. Time. Yeah. Now, of course, there's a story coming out that WWE no longer wants to hire women under or over the age of 25. Oh, uh, which is like, uh, which I mean, yeah. And, and AQA was 23, right? Yeah. So yeah, I I don't understand why they released her. I felt like she fit what they wanted. Um, right. She was young. She was malleable. Um, I don't I don't get it. That was a head scratcher for me. Mm-hmm. Um, B Fab's and, really young too, isn't she? Like all these, no one's. Uh, it feels like not too many of them were over twenty five that they let go. Uh, well, we of course have to talk about Taya, um, because Taya is you know well over twenty five. Yeah. yeah, the some of the stuff that was tweeted at her um, over the last few days was pretty gross. It's crazy, and it was kind of in line with what Mickey James was saying. How yep. you know they just act like women's careers are over. Mm-hmm. You know, after, after thirty five, right? After thirty five, just like real life. Yeah, Same which is, which is crazy because you still got Asuka on that on that um, roster, and she's forty, and she's one of the best wrestlers on the brand. Shayna Baszler too. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got several wrestlers that can still go in their forties. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think Mickey has proved everybody wrong in the run that she's been on recently. Um, so yeah, I I never quite understood putting Ty on NXT in the first place because right. she came in with uh legacy as an impact champion bro put her with her husband and let them do their thing i mean what are you guys doing yeah she came in with an established name um she came in with a wealth of experience she didn't need developmental you could have put her straight on the main roster right and so to try to repackage her and do all this other stuff and she did everything you asked her to do and she was doing it well too like yeah like uh, i don't know what happened yeah, uprooted and moved there and then to just give her whatever nine matches or whatever the stat is over the last few months and then just boot her out the door. I thought that was horrible. Baffled. Yeah. And, you know, the um, the 25-year directive, I wouldn't have such a problem with if it applied to everybody, if it was men too. Right. Because um, yeah. Cause like, that's gross if, if it's just like, for women. If, oh, God. If, if you are doing the... Uh, if you are essentially trying to build a wrestler factory, then, uh, yeah, I could absolutely see, okay, we want to start all, all of our wrestlers from scratch, so therefore, we want to start them all under 25. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. But if it's just women that you're doing that with, 
This just one, and you guys like, are disgusting. You that, guys are terrible. Yeah. Awful. Because here's the thing. Because uh, also, I don't like that's kind of wrong uh in general like all across yeah, the board like, we, we recognize how wrong it is for for women but like even historically wwe you've gotten stars out of guys who started late um dude your yeah. main star for a long time was a bald man and not like I, i'm bald on purpose like i lost my hair bald like what mm-hmm. are you guys talking about or every star yet. you've had has been over 30 years old like Batista broke into the business late, right? Like he exactly. didn't even like start training until he was what, like, uh, I want to say he won his first title at like thirty-five. So that means he's like started training at thirty, um, yeah. which is considered late for uh, getting started in pro wrestling, right? But at the same time, uh, one could argue, and by one I mean I uh, would <laughs> argue that. Batista is the second biggest star out of Evolution. Uh, uh, I w- and the first is Ric Flair. Um, I feel like Batista being uh, Drax and being such a, a star and being everywhere in... You, you look across movies, you, the fact that he's got solo movies, he's the fact that he had Stuber and he's got... Um, yeah. My kids love watching... The, what was the, the one that he had on Amazon... Um, my spy, uh, like I think Batista is is right. is a massive star. You got a massive Definitely. star to somebody who started late. Um, mm-hmm. but DDP also started late. Like you can start whenever if you're the right guy. I think uh, Maxwell went on a post about this recently. Uh, he talked about uh, Maxwell Baumbach. He talked about uh, how um wrestler age is way worse than actual age mm-hmm. uh that you know look at the if you were just a wwe viewer forget about their actual ages who is older to you randy orton or aj styles mm-hmm. like the answer is randy, randy orton, orton. Right? Yeah. yeah randy, randy orton. orton forget about who's actually older it, mm-hmm. it is way worse to have guys who have just been on tv for 20 years who are just stale that and, and Randy Orton started when he was, what, 22? So, like, right. he came in super young, but he's been on TV for 20 years. Like, mm. he's way older than anybody. The, right. Your TV age is way worse than mm. anything else you could have uh, going for you. Um, I'd say if you're a fresh gimmick, if you're a fresh talent, who cares about any of that other stuff? It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, yeah, none of that matters. Hey, we got a bunch of super chats that we got to read. Um uh, and which Knock Bogan says, wanted to stop by <laughs> while you're live to tell you guys that this show is a highlight of my Saturday night. Night. Okay. Night. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so where are you from? Uh, been looking forward to what you guys had to say about the releases. Dang shame. Uh, thank you. I've been looking forward to talking about it. Huge sigh, really. man. Yeah. Uh, right. Ryan said, I'm with Reg on Starks. He's one of my favorites. He is the total package. Rick uh, Starks, baby. Uh, At says Jay Lethal, Lethal. is the one. He has some baggage though. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree on that one, man. Yeah, he has some baggage. Uh, Jay Shell updated us saying Lindsay bought Izzy's dad a ticket in a parking pass. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he uh, you know, he also energy. is off Twitter now, if I, I saw correctly. He I, took his Twitter I, account down. Who did Izzy's dad? Izzy's dad. Oh yeah, he's scared. I would. I mean, too. honestly, nah, I, it off. I mean, uh, you know Golden what? Link said he was gonna put put hands on him, and you oh, know, I, Link I would, said pull up, bro. 
I, I would buy him the the Uber too. That's hard, yeah, for real. Look, I, I got you a sandwich inside the Uber. Look, I want hey, you man. to be comfortable let, on the way to. Let this be a lesson, though. Stop playing with people on the internet. Stop playing. <laughs> oh somebody will make time for you. Somebody they, will make time. Yes. Stop playing. Stop playing. This ain't a game out here. So t- to some, this isn't a game. This is his real life. He got he got cut, and you're trying to make a joke. Another thing, you guys need to stop being so comfortable with these wrestlers just because they're accessible to you on Twitter, just because they talk to you. You can't say and do anything you want to these people because they're real people. And sometimes it's going to be too much. And sometimes they're going to buy you a ticket to come get your ass beat. So, you know, (laughs) proceed with caution. Um, And let's see, we got... You can just call me Miss. Okay, good, because I wasn't going to try to read all that. Um, <laughs> LOL. Uh, anyway, love how people say there's no room for politics in wrestling when, come on, how else will women and people of color get ahead? You got a politic. Mm-hmm. There's no way. If it wasn't for politic and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson would have never been WWE champion. They don't. They didn't care at all. It's like the fans had to force them to care Amen. about fucking Bryan Danielson. Bryan. Can you believe this? Brian pushed hard for Kofi, man. And right. Part of why we got Kofi Mania. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and hey, uh, shout out to everybody who's here in the chat and everybody who's watching live. Um, always. I always uh, very much appreciate it. And hey, leave us a thumbs up. Um, and thank you, everybody, for the super chats. Uh, and of course, I say this if I'm wrapping up, but we got a few more minutes yeah. uh, in which we can continue to read uh, some other things. Uh, we'll go back to... Uh, let's Twitter. see. Yeah, going back to Twitter, I'm scrolling through. Um, let's see. Favorite ROH memories or matches? Um, I mean, of course, the Samoa Joe Punk feud that's up there. Oh, kill me! Like, yeah, his, his stuff with Chris Hero is also up there. Uh, uh, one of my favorite matches I watched so many times is Loki versus Kenta. Oh my god, I've seen that match. Oh, I think it's from yeah. Final Battle 2005. They oh, just oh, yeah, oh, Kenta man. came in and had a run. He wrestled Brian Danielson also. Like oh my god, so many great memories. That, that is the match that put Kenta on the map in the U.S. That's right. what got him signed with yep. WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean of course like the Nigel stuff, the you know the of course you know the Danielson stuff, right. Um, the Briscoes, Briscoes against AJ Styles and Amazing Red, one of the best matches ever. That's in like 2003. Um, yeah. the, the, the Cody title reign where he had people kissing the ring, literally. I feel like that's some of the best stuff Cody's done in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Steen uh, against real life against Jim Cornette turned into an angle and him showing, <laughs> showing up at the shows with the fans outside and cutting promos. Amazing work. The matches with him and Generico against Briscoes and American Wolves and just ooh, ROH yeah. has had an, a crazy amount of great wrestling over there. 20 years worth of tapes that we're still next trying year. to see who's going to buy that, you know? Yep. Uh, next year should be the, the 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and holy moly, we just got hit with a whole bunch of Super Chats. Um, let's see. We got... Uh, this one again. Uh, Nock says, man, I'm so tired. I put night down twice. Whoops. Uh, I worked third to <laughs> save this video till then. Ella, good old USA. Uh, at least Keith can be limitless again. Um, hey. and we he got, can wrap his own theme, all kind of stuff. Jay Shell uh, says, uh, random question. Do you think WWE would do Carmelo right on the main roster? I love that man, but I'm scared. Um, 
I think he has the benefit of NXT 2.0, that he is at least getting to develop in their vision rather than develop in yeah. uh, the previous one and then have to be reworked. In Let me ask you a question. What do you guys think they're going to do with Swerve? Because apply the exact same thing to Carmelo. Um, well, I will say this. Uh, NXT 2.0 has only been around for a little bit over a month. We got to give it a t- enough time for them to reestablish the call up because the call up has you know been You're devalued right. so You're much right. we haven't seen that we have 2.0 to we have up. to see how nxt 2.0 is going to develop guys and move mm-hmm. them over mm-hmm. um, so you know that's kind of a tough uh question to answer like are they more connected with like is it gonna be like will they get to the main roster and they're like nope forget everything again we're starting from scratch or is it gonna be like yeah. continuing these 2.0 gimmicks right mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I don't know. Uh, the question on Swerve—that's a toughie because um, obviously that's somebody I know. Um, what do I think is going to happen? I, I don't know, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't answer that because uh, I think that the uh, hit row is obviously about is missing a a solid piece of the act and. Uh, I guess it all depends on how all of that recovers. Um, it's clear that they want to do them in the new day. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, although, did they even address that this week? Because they were best with uh, Sammy Zayn this week. Um, nope. Hmm. Um, long-term planning. Hey, uh, they, yeah, it looks like they are moving on to the Bloodline New Day stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't know where that leaves uh, Hit bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jester says, hate hearing. How dare you use the same way we made it to get ahead? Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, and we got Dante says, talk that trash and Dana Brooks' boyfriend will be. I'm saying straight up. Yo, hey, man. No, you can't yeah, talk be- that trash to everybody. Yeah, come on, man. You cannot. Don't, don't play with people on the internet. Either man. I'm going to buy you a ticket to come see me or I'm going to just come see you. It's simple I, as man. that. I've said this online before because I see some people say pull up and use words like that. And to me, in the real world where, you know, real real world has real consequences and I don't play with stuff like that. I don't play mm-hmm. with stuff like, you know, you know, run the fade and, you mm-hmm. know, get these hands. I don't I don't play with that because no. that, that's there's serious that's implications behind that. And mm-hmm. you say that to the wrong person. Somebody will show you show up and give you what you're asking for. Exactly. So don't play with don't play with stuff like that. No. Uh, so. Uh, Monica clarified. She said, I just want to clarify my earlier chat. I don't want Keith to come in and go straight to the top. I want to see him work his way up like Danielson is doing. And that's what I'm saying, too. Um, I see Hobbs as a future yeah, champ. Well. Oh, yes. Thanks, oh, for, thanks for shouting out Big yeah. Hobbs. Of course, my boy. He, he's out there, man. He's going to keep working his way up. and He's going to be world champ one day. They ain't going to stop him. Um, and let's see. Uh, shout out to the Pax. <laughs> Chris, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris. Shout out Chris, to the big Chris. homie Chris, man. And yeah, NWA this Chris podcast. last time. The Blacks. You are funny, the homie. Blacks. Um, NWA is, podcast, man. Those are the yeah, Shout out to those guys, man. I will be on an episode next weekend. Look out yes. for that. Um, yes. With the homie Andrew Thompson, who will also Ooh, be here. Wee. We're taking over. We're everywhere. Yes. The takeover. I got to get on a podcast. Oh, I'm going to be on a podcast too next week. Oh, what's up, man? It's Grapsy. We out here. We are all <laughs> yeah, over here. the place. I'll be on. Um, I just recorded. Uh, I guess uh, I'll announce it here, but this Tuesday I'll be on. Uh, we're live, pal, on Wrestling Observer. Uh, oh. 
So that'll be on Tuesday with Andrew Zarian and uh, and Denise Salcedo. Um, and then yeah, so we got our we got our stuff going on this week. I'm gonna, gonna be, be on the uh, the PWI podcast. I think it's Indie, the one with Kevin and Kaya. It's gonna be cool. I talked about Grapsity because we are everywhere and we're gonna be more places. So get used to it. Get yes. used to it. Get used to trying to glom off of our energy. <laughs> uh, Just let me get a crumb. Let me get a crumb. Rob, Rob's favorite question. He says, who has the best flatliner, R-Truth or Shelton Benjamin? Um, Shelton. Shelton. Yeah. Shelton, you know, he Man, got hey. he got hang time. With yeah, Shelton. Shelton. I, I, will give, that I will give a shout out to a no-namer. And that's JDX from the city of Chicago, Ooh. cool independent wrestler. He does that. Sl- he does that running uh, flatliner yeah. that he did the- recently on Dark. That looks awesome. Oh, Sign you know, JDX well, guys. I'm, He's I'm awesome. also going to give it up to another uh, independent wrestler, Jaden, who does an outside the ring to the inside flatliner. Give it up, man. We out here. The flatliner is is some shout out to Canyon Mortis for bringing it to the American soil and. Uh, forever um the uh let's see jason asks uh do you think uh jason clay uh i want to give full shout out said do you think triple h will leave wwe to make his own company or try to buy ring of honor i um, wouldn't think so i mean not I with this wife right now. i mean i don't know what he's doing right now because like it's very clear he has a vision for what he wants to see um right. pro wrestling and it is not what he uh like, you know, the, the talk was, of course, that, oh, no, he's still involved with NXT 2.0. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it, it is night and day from what yeah, don't look like he it. originally yeah. uh, created. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, triple, like, triple H's vision for pro wrestling is Ring of Honor, right? Like, yeah. NXT was... <laughs> Essentially. NXT Essentially. was Ring of Honor with a budget. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And so... Uh, that is why, like, I could see that if I don't know. I I I can't. His to wife, I guess though, it's the, just so hard for him to I, be like, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm leaving. See you later, nah, man. He he he's put too much equity in being a WWE guy, and that's as right. a performer, um, right. as a person. Like, I mean, he's just too connected. Like, his mm-hmm. he's he's a part of the family. He's just too no, connected. he's weaved in that. That said, like, I could never see Hunter competing. So people no, said, that's like, what I mean. Like, he's, so right. When people say like, uh, "Oh, I could see Hunter going to like AEW," no, nah, not no, he's, but, he's, but if Hunter wanted to produce a super indie that doesn't compete, I think maybe with WWE, yeah, he'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna ha- give me a show over here. It's not gonna be doing anything with the raw it, with with y'all yeah. got, but I'm gonna but do my thing over here at the most." But I think yeah, like, he, Stephanie's he, gonna get the company, and mm-hmm. it'll it's, it's all <laughs> yeah. But he, he's never gonna be direct competition. He's too connected for that. Yeah, right. I wouldn't see him being competition, but like I said, I could see him um, if like his vision for NXT is what <laughs> I, it was. Uh, and he no longer has that. I could see him producing. The show I mean, also game. never say never. It's wrestling. Yeah, that's yeah, true. No. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I, I feel like be that like, would, yo, you're out. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like that'd be a huge betrayal to the McMahons in some way to just you know create something separate and make it direct competition. I don't think maybe he, he'll like he get he'll go he'll find a woman he'll take her to Las Vegas <laughs> he'll drive up to a it'll he'll be drunk it'll be an accident he'll get married. Yo. I don't know, you know, I, I, think I, crazy I, I picture happen. him. 
I picture him coming back to NXT, kind of like when Hove came back to the Rockefeller office, and all of a sudden Cam <laughs> was there, and like he heard the verse of, "Shout out to Cam for taking over the Rock," and he's just kind of looking out, looking around, like, "What is going on here? These guys are in a broom closet pretending it's an office." Cam is now saying he's part of the board. He's in meetings now. What is yeah. happening here? <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I also shout out to him. I don't know, like he had that health scare. Like hopefully, yeah. like he's yeah. doing well. Yeah, shout yeah. Out yeah to we don't know what, what, Yeah. Uh, so last question I think we could take, and I love this question because this brings back some memories. It's from Andrew Henderson. Andrew asks, what's your opinion on No Limits attempt to get involved with uh, wrestling in WCW? Uh, what went wrong? <laughs> and do you think it had potential to work if managed differently? I love WCW and love old No Limit records, so the idea of it excited me even if it didn't work. All right, let yeah. me tell you. So it kind of came at slightly the wrong time because That's No it. Limit – no Limit had uh, some great years in there, right? Like 96 mm-hmm. to about 98, No yeah. Limit was on top. Hot you want, fire. like, I remember I used to get those No Limit albums and just like open them up just to see um, the upcoming ones. And like, right. remember, Pin and Pixel would like make them album covers. <laughs> this fool had but, like, a roster just. Yeah, for albums that like weren't actually coming out, right? Like, mm-hmm. there was uh, some of those albums like didn't actually exist. They just like made the covers. It'd be but, like Kane and Abel. Brothers. Yeah, Kane and Abel, though, but there was, like, the 504 boys, like, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, and we were ready for all of it. No but, yeah, it was, it was Cash Money's time. But, by yeah, the time by the time hit. that happened, Cash Money was an army. Yeah. Cash Money was on top. It was all about Cash Money at that point. Because um, I remember uh, right around that same point, do you remember when Master P came out with that bling bling knockoff? <laughs> Where like they had bling bling and cash and uh Master P had the ice on my wrist, yeah, shine like a light, I could brighten yeah, up your mm-hmm. day even at night. And it was like, mm-hmm. come on, man. <laughs> mm. Wait, this sound kind of heat like that though. <laughs> 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 was like, come on, man. Like bling bling's already a thing. Bling bling is destroying yeah. the world, man. Yeah. You can't, you, with you that. can't Master P. <laughs> anyway, so it, it didn't help that by the time the No Limit Soldiers came into WCW, like Cash Money had already like knocked them off. Right. Uh, like nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like Hootie Who had just come out too. So Hootie like, Who was pretty dope. Yeah, Hootie Who <laughs> was like that was my shit too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a little bit of potential, but also did they only actually make one appearance that everybody else was just like appearing? representing no limit right and like, it was no Master one from P- the real no limit so yeah. it was like if you yeah. know about no limit you know like this isn't what i want i want to see silk the shocker out there getting power like, bomb, bro. like <laughs> i i like i tuned into that live too because like i remember when they advertised them like oh my god so the shock shocker is on uh because remember when like the west texas reg next came out and gave him the hat and he's like ah this is what i always wanted and then um like i remember that segment like <laughs> back of my hand right um because like honestly uh, the feud with the rest te- West Texas Rednecks, and of course that's where Rap is Crap came from, and uh, and then they, it, it, which is so weird because like that was Kurt Hennig, right? Like that right. was Kurt Hennig and Bobby Dunkham Jr. They didn't, the the, No Limit didn't have any rappers to compete. Master P was never there, so it was just West Texas Texas Rednecks talking about some wrestlers who don't even rap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like the potential was there for a mainstream crossover, but. It just... It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. Wrong but time. Hey. Wrong time. 
Wrong time. And, if it was uh, a year uh, earlier, two years earlier, it would have worked. A year earlier, man, yeah, make him say, "Huh? Are you yeah. kidding me?" Yeah, it that... would have been perfect, man. They <laughs> just come straight down the ramp on the gold tank, like yeah. <laughs> If they had come out to that, are you kidding? That would have been <laughs> had hard, the audience see? going crazy and yeah. like everything from the video, man. Mystical WCW comes in and does a Hurricane Rana. It would have been lit. I'm telling <laughs> you, man. It would have been fire. That's what we wanted. We wanted Mystical to do a Hurricane Rana, but they just didn't give it to us. Uh, and last uh, question, super chat from Drew. He says, uh, "Oh, what did you guys think of that line in Caster's rap last night?" He, he smoked that. I liked yeah, okay. it. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. it. He said, "Your your father-in-law." Yeah, Ada Cruz asked your father-in-law. His ass. Yeah, oh that's, my god, that's, that was a good that was one, one of the best Max Caster ones I Man. heard. You, you got like, okay. You got to give Max his credit when when he hits a line, he hits a line. Like he's mm-hmm. had lines where he's killed it. Like when he like when he hit the Renee line, that mm-hmm. line hit. Like when his yeah. lines hit, they hit. Right, and this one hit. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I don't know. I um, he he's another one that I'm just like happy for and seeing him. Anthony uh, Bowen, that yeah, that Brian Shadow Danielson Bowen's match. Yeah, we Anthony Bowens could really go. I think it gets lost in the shuffle of like the braps and the acclaimed stuff. But Anthony Bowens can go. He's a great wrestler, man. He can. The bell rings. It's time. It's fire. And you know Brian Danielson. Always, yeah. And the the thing I don't think people give uh, Bowen enough credit on, and AEW really, is that you know when we say you know representation, a lot of times, yeah, they don't sign a lot of black wrestlers as is, but they don't also sign a lot of black gay wrestlers, and to sign two black gay wrestlers that are totally different, like Mm -hmm. him and Sonny, are not even close to the similar at all, right? And so to you know sign two black wrestlers that are gay and let them do two different gimmicks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can complain about this one's not on TV or that one's not on TV. Um, But I just think it says a lot. I think that it's, it's a step forward in some ways. Of course, I don't want to sit here and say, Oh, well, you know, give them all a brownie point. Um, You know, definitely could do more, but I feel like that's a step forward and more companies should be trying to do the same thing. And they don't talk about the acclaim when we talk about representation and diversity. No, like that's two black men that are, you know, representing a different side of blackdom. So, you know, like got to give it up to the acclaim, man. You got a rapper, you got a talented premier athlete and Anthony Bowens that could do some amazing things that he, st- he still hasn't done everything that he does. So I've seen no. people try to deny that Max Caster is black as if his dad isn't Rich Caster. And yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, because I've seen people who are like, no, he's not black. And it's like, yeah, he is. Like, are you kidding me? His dad is a rich caster, former NFL player. Like, what? That's weird. What are you talking Um, about? He's definitely black. I don't know. I I have seen conversations about it, and it, like, kind of bugs me that that's the thing that uh, bugs me. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so that's it. We've reached the end of this week's Grab City. Come back next week at a normal time. Hey. of noon eastern 9 a.m pacific we mm-hmm. are going to be here at youtube.com slash fightful well um, we are going to be here me and phil are going to be here yeah we'll, we'll be the biggest star on the show we'll be here too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. come back um, for negative one he's gonna light you up he's gonna light some uh, more fools I'm, up I'm next saying, week man. but i just would like to close the show with this and say listen give people their flowers where they're here to accept yep. them you know, try to be as humble as possible, even though I have made this joke all show of not being mm-hmm. humble. Um, yeah. 
and just treat people better. Like I feel like a lot of people on Twitter, you know, treat people pretty horribly under the guise of nothing will ever happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, treat people well. And Easy. if people don't treat you well, never be afraid to ask for your apology. Yeah. Demand an apology when mm-hmm. you're owed an apology. Yep. Exactly. Something see that. Punk. You see my eyes? You see this? I'm mm-hmm. serious. Yep. Man Come out here, Eddie Kingston. Give me my apology. CM Punk brought that energy just so yeah, just like you said, Will. Yep. And hey, I don't know if that was the right thing to do because he got scorched, but it's all good. <laughs> Shout out, Andrew. Going on. And appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of another edition of Grab City. I'm Will Washington. He's Philip Lindsay, and he is Righteous Reg. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.